What's up, boxing fans? This is Sides of Boxing with your host, JJ Sermon. In this podcast, JJ gives an in-depth analysis of nearly every fight, from undercards to main events. Now, let's get into the ring. What's up, what's up, what's up, boxing fans? This is Science of Boxing, and I'm going to go straight into it. So the first fight that I want to just discuss right now, which is so amazing, and yet again, another upset. This has been the year of upsets, and it's not stopping. And I won't be surprised if we see another upset before this year closes out. Uh, so I want to talk about this fight, which is a Robesi Ramirez versus Adam Gonzalez. And this fight right here was just uh, Robesi Ramirez. For those of you who do not know, he's a two-time gold Olympic medalist. He won in 2012 in the flyweight division. He won in 2016 in the bantamweight uh, division. And he actually beat Shakur Stevenson in 2016 in the finals. So he has a strong resume and in the uh, amateurs, and he's uh, was coming as a heavy uh, favorite with his pro debut. Nobody really knew who Adam uh, Gonzalez was, but they got into the fight, and it was a completely different story once the bell rung. So what happened in the first round was that Ramirez he pulled back. He likes to pull back. He's a very technical fighter, so he can he can he can do a lot of things that are that are really great in the ring. But in this instance, in the first round, he might have just had a little nerves. Might have wasn't fighting as well as uh, as he wanted to in the beginning. And this is where a mistake that he made. So Ramirez pulls back on one of the shots that Adam threw, and his guard was down. On uh, his left guard was down when he pulled back, and Adam this was a very aggressive fighter. He threw over a hundred punches uh, more than uh, Ramirez, so this could tell you how aggressive he was. But when Adam pulled back, uh, Adam uh, came forward and he moved his head, and then he landed a left hook that knocked. It was like a flash knockdown, and it knocked uh, Ramirez down, and he completely was off balance and. His gloves touched the mat, which is pretty much... That's always considered a knockdown. If the gloves touch the mat, it's a knockdown. So, they considered a knockdown. And Adam uh, just kept it going. I mean, Ramirez is a very good and uh, boxer when he with regards to... He has very great accuracy. He was doing that throughout this fight. But it was only four rounds. But you could just tell that the referee saw that uh, Gonzalez was more aggressive. And being more aggressive at times does win you the fight. And that's what happened in this fight. Four rounds, like I said, Gonzalez threw over 100 punches more than Ramirez. And for judges' eyes, that's enough for you to give somebody to win. And especially if it's only four rounds. So this was a huge, huge, huge upset. I mean, extremely big upset because he is someone who was on everybody's radar coming up in his division. And he was going to make a lot of noise just like Lomachenko because Lomachenko is another person who won two goals uh, in the Olympics. So this was a huge shocker, man. And I just wanted to make sure I point that out in the first uh, fight that I want to discuss. And I'm just going to move on from there. The next fight I want to talk about was uh, Hector uh, Tanahara Jr. versus uh, Ezekiel Aveles. So Hector is 17-0. and and he is uh, in the lightweight division, which is 135. 
He's 5'10". He has a 75-inch reach advantage, usually like um, th- that when he boxes. So he's a very tall fighter, but he has a long reach. And uh, Ezekiel was 16-3 in three draws. When they got into the ring and they started fighting, this fight was absolutely dominant. And it was absolutely a fight that... Hector took over from round one. It was just a fight in which it was so one-sided. And I would say that because Hector knew exactly what he was doing when he got in his ring. He was very disciplined. He used what his advantage of his length to take over and take away anything that Ezekiel had in the game plan. Like his reach and his length and his great boxing ability, His it was like, it was it was so great to see because he really was somebody who really uh flourished with great uppercuts, great hooks, and he knew how to jump back out. So as soon as he come in for the punch, he knew responsibility and he would jump back out really fast. And he just kept that length. He kept that distance. He he kept doing the right things every single round and he didn't let up. And I think that was very important and I thought that was a very good strategy that he did and I just Wanted to say that this guy is a very good fighter. He only has five KOs and he improved to eighteen and zero. However, uh, he 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 has great uh, boxing technique, and I know for a fact that he's he's going to be somebody that that that's going to have a great resume. He's going to be somebody who uh, continues to to make headlines in the future because he has uh, all the skills to become a great great champion. And uh, after the interview, when he won the fight, it was a unanimous decision for 12 rounds. Now, he called out Ryan Garcia. And Ryan Garcia is 18-0 as well. They're both in the lightweight divisions. I think that would be a very interesting fight. I would love to see that fight, to be honest. But you know how things go in the boxing world. So we may not get that fight no time soon. But it's just good to know that these boxers know each other. These boxers want to fight each other. And I like that. Uh, we're getting, I've seen a little bit more this year of boxers want to call each other out and actually really want to fight, uh, the best of the best, uh, in the, in their division. So I just think it's really great. I really hope that fight can happen in the near future. And yeah, that's all I had to really say about that fight. Looking forward to Hector Tanahara in the future. The last fight I really want to talk about on today's episode was Virgil Ortiz Jr., this man right here is considered a boxer, young, only 20. I want to say he's only 21 years old, and he's 13 to know. Um, at the time of this fight, he was fighting against Antonio Orozco, and Antonio was 28 and one. And this is in the welterweight division. And his only loss was to Jose Ramirez. So that just speaks a lot of volumes because in my previous, uh. Previous episodes, I remember I talked about the Maurice Hooker versus Jose Ramirez. So that's his only loss was to Jose Ramirez, and Jose Ramirez is still undefeated. Uh, Virgil Ortiz Jr. Uh, is now, like I said, in the welterweight division, and he fought a tough competitor. This is probably his toughest fight. This is his toughest fight to date, and this was a really big test, man, a huge test, huge test, and he passed it with flying colors, and I would give him an A-plus with, with his performance. Um, so how the fight happened was, um, a Virgil is an orthodox fighter, so um, he leads his his left foot is forward. So he comes in and he had a lot of skills that I did not expect him to have, as well as his power. One thing I noticed when I saw his highlights is that he has a strong KO power, 
and he knows how to KO people. And when I mean uh, he has uh, the hands that's like, um, you, it's really hard to describe because I haven't seen that uh, very often. But it's just like every time he throws a punch, it's with so much power, so much strength. And it's like he's it's kind of like in the sense of he's looking for a KO, but it's like with every single punch he puts emphasis on it. He punches like he punches through somebody, not punching at them, but he punches through them. And these shots are so damaging, and I've seen it in this fight. In the beginning of the fight, first round, they were just coming out, phone each other, but they were both throwing great punches. They were both moving very well, keeping the distance. And I noticed a little bit about Virgil, he was kind of going back. He wasn't bringing the pressure. He wasn't being very aggressive. And he was going to the uh, ropes a couple times, not often. But he would go to the, to the ropes like once or twice um, in each round, in the beginning rounds, like one, two, and three. And uh, Orozco was trying to just like go a little hard, just trying to be aggressive when he got to the ropes. And then I remember the, uh, one of his... Um, one of his uh, Orozco's people, his trainer, was telling him, like, if you're going to keep going in the ropes, just uh, light him up because that's his mistake. And one thing about Virgil, which I was very surprised about, is that uh, with his KO skills that he has and his great power, he's a very good technical boxer. He's a very good, uh, skillful boxer. And he used every single... Uh, like move that I thought of, he used his head very well. He moved in and out. He he knew how to uh, pivot. He knew how to turn at certain times where uh, Orozco was going to throw a hook. He saw stuff coming, and I thought that was very, very rewarding. I thought that was very impressive to see somebody that young to understand boxing as well. It was very good to see and very um, – and, and I know he has a bright future. He in the, in the first couple of rounds, like I said, he was trying to fill himself out. I would say the only thing that he probably did wrong was that he went to the ropes. Um, and Orozco was trying to take advantage of that. But he really didn't even get hit too many times where you ever felt like he was like in uh, panic mode. He was very far from that. And like I said, he did a very good, very good job of moving his feet, pivoting out of it, and never being on the ropes too long. When it got to round four, and it was still the same thing. I like how he was using his jab. I would say uh, Virgil Ortiz was using the jab very effectively. And um, he was throwing a lot of hooks, a lot of body shots, a lot of good uppercuts, very good uh, counters that Virgil was doing. And I remember in round five, this is where Orozco started to get some momentum. And he actually was doing a very good job at uh, countering Orozco, putting more pressure. I mean, not countering Orozco, but countering Virgil and putting pressure on him. Um, then we got to round six, and round six came, and it seemed like, and this is, Virgil never went past Round, I think, round five. So going to round six, this is new territory. And, and it just showed that Virgil is someone to, to really be reckoned with in the welterweight division. And it seemed like a, a switch just flipped. Like when he got to the sixth round. And uh, Virgil just got aggressive, like very aggressive. It's like he knew that all his shots were starting to wear down on the Rusko. And he felt like in the sixth round, it was time to kick it up to another gear. And that's what he did. And Virgil started kicking it, kicking it up. And we kicked it up. Um, he got him with a knockdown. And then that was the first one. And everybody, he got on one knee. And then he got back up. Then Virgil just came right at him. And one thing that I, I really absolutely loved about Virgil was that when he when he got that first knockdown, he got back up. And Roscoe got back up. Then he came for him for the second one. I absolutely loved how he handled, how accurate he was throwing his punches. 
He was throwing punches and a lot of them bunches, like combination, but he wasn't getting hit back with them. He wasn't getting countered while he was trying to knock him out. And I said that was those are very good uh, instincts, very good skills that he had. And he knocked him down the second time and then knocked him down the third time. And that was a wrap. That was the end of that fight. And he won in the sixth round. And I thought that was just so uh, great to see uh, him do that against a very good opponent. And I'm looking forward to what he's uh, his next upcoming fight. He is 14 and 0 now, and like I say, he's in the welterweight division. So he he's that's with Errol Spence, Sean Porter, Manny Pacquiao, Keith Thurman, Danny Garcia, you know Mikey Garcia, Terrence Crawford. So this this division is stacked. But Virgil Ortiz is up next, and he is here, and he is going to be a force to reckon with because he is young too. And that's one thing that is very key. Like I said, he I think he's 21 years old. So definitely I keep your eye out on him. He has the power. He has the definite power. But he also has the skill to beat a lot of guys in the welterweight division. And I'm looking forward, looking so forward to who he fights in the future. And I know his opportunity is going to come for uh, a world title shot. So, yeah, that's, that's all I have for that fight. And now I want to just talk about the upcoming fights that's going to happen. So the upcoming fights that I'm really looking forward to are important fights that you should be on the radar for is uh, Jerron Ennis. He's coming back. Brandon Lee, he's coming back as well. So Jerron Ennis is 22-0. Brandon Lee is 15-0. And... Also, they're fighting on, I want to say, August 23rd and then or the 24th. I know Jerron Ennis is fighting on the 23rd. Uh, Brandon Lee, I want to say he's fighting either on one of those days. But like I said, it's going to be on the 23rd or 24th of August. So be on the lookout for that. And then also, um, Sergey Kovalov fights on the 24th versus Anthony Yarde, which is a very important fight, very fun fight for the WBO lightweight light heavyweight title. Also, Brandon Figueroa versus Javier uh, Nicholas uh, Kekun. That's August 24th as well for the interim junior featherweight title. And then um, I would say the Lomachenko fight, which is August 31st versus Luke Campbell for the WBO, WBA, and the vacant WBC lightweight title. So these fights are very important. I would say keep your eye on the news, boxing news. I'll continue to post weekly to show you all um, just what's going on in the boxing world because it's so great and we need more people to to know about it because, man, this is an amazing sport and I just really appreciate it. I really appreciate you all for listening to this podcast. If you can, uh, subscribe on any platform that you use, Apple, uh, Google, Spotify, anything that you use and uh, be sure to leave a positive rating. That would be greatly appreciated so this platform could keep growing and get sponsorships and things of that nature. But yeah, I just want to thank you all and God bless.